0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell. Danny
1: Connell, back to throw versus Denver.
2: He's his tight end and Rajah Bell. Bell has done everything. Twenty-two
3: for Rajah. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me.
2: What's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench. Danny Canal, Rajah Bell, our boy Brady Quinn joining us this week. He's going to be joining us every week to do a little NFL and college football, so we're pumped up to have him joining us. Uh, but let's do a little NFL because the Cowboys are horrific right now. Worst uh, awful start. They go to Seattle. Looked ugly. Zeke took the blame for the week three loss. Dak Prescott's playing for his future, in my opinion, because they have to make a decision on him, still playing as a rookie contract. He has been regressing since his rookie season when Ezekiel Elliott, and he took the league by storm as rookies. Since then, you see some of his ranks in the NFL. In a year when you're seeing record-setting numbers across the league, guys are routinely throwing for 300 yards or more. He's 29th in the league, 166 yards a game. Some of it's on his play calling, I think. Scott Lenahan is the play caller. There's been some talk about possibly going back, uh, to Jason Garrett, maybe calling the place or somebody else. But right now, it looks pretty bleak, uh, there in Dallas. Jerry Jones said he's not ready to panic because I think he likes Dak. I think a lot of, I think Dallas likes Dak Prescott, but the bottom line is it's a performance-based business. He has to play better.
3: Uh, yeah, I think it's like a combination of three things, right? Like it's the play calling. Um, I think there's some regression by Dak, uh, and then just, you know, since then his weapons have been pretty much stripped away. You know, yeah. you have you don't have that offensive line. You got no Jason Waiten, no Des Bryant, um, because you don't have a, the the O line that was in place. You can't run the ball like Ezekiel Elliott through the first three weeks. He had 15 carries week one, 17 week two, 16 week three. Um, it's the, the easily his lowest three game total of his career. He had never gone back to back games with less than 20 uh, before the season began. And so when you can't do that, you put a whole lot on the shoulders of a young quarterback who has regressed and doesn't have the same type of weapons or protection. I think you have to expect, uh, to see him struggle like this. Now I'm not, not taking anything away from Dak. Like clearly, you know, as a player who wants to get paid in the league, your job is to be ready and to perform and continue to grow, but they haven't given him a whole lot to work with.
2: I think also the loss of Travis Frederick has been really tough on them. The center is the a bar? yeah, it's the yeah. quarterback of the offensive line. Uh, Jerry Jones, quote, he was on 105.3. I think he has a weekly hit, which is kind of ridiculous for an owner to do this. But Jerry Jones Stop hating on Jerry, man. He said, I like our players. I like our coaching staff. I think we've got players that we've seen play at those levels. When you lose a game and you come in on Monday, it's never as bad as it seems as far as the players doing some of the things you do. You can always find some bright spots. I think your question is, have I hit the panic button? The answer is no, I think maybe it should be time.
0: The toughest part, I think, right now about everything that's going on with Dallas is um, they, they kind of hit the rookie quarterback at the wrong time. Like this was a team yeah. that was in transition. And even their offensive line, like you talked about Travis Frederick not being there. Look, Tyron Smith was getting run by by Frank Clark. Like all their pieces up front aren't playing as well. And and then you look at the fact that they're in a transition of wide receivers. Some of these guys could have some talent. Maybe Michael Gallup's good. Uh, but at the end of the day, like they're hitting this at a point in time where you've got to make a decision on Dak. You don't have the right pieces out around him. And so it's going to make him look even worse as compared to his rookie season where this team was much better suited to make a decision on a quarterback. And unfortunately at that point, you had a quarterback decision to make between Romo coming off injury and Dak Prescott. So it's kind of unfortunate how this has all worked out for Dallas. I just, I'm not sure how they can feel confident in any decision based on what he has around him this year, this might be a scenario where they have to use the franchise tag on him just to give him a little bit more time around all the other pieces.
2: To make that evaluation. Because yeah. now he's like this tweener guy where he's kind of good. You see glimpses, but consistently you need to see him be able, in today's league, I mentioned it right just a couple minutes ago, you've got to be able, at some points, to be able to throw it all over the yard. It's just the way the NFL works now.
0: What about Zeke, though, too? I, mean, right. I like where's he's he been as consistent.
2: So, and they haven't been given opportunities. He's a uh, three-week carries, He's got 48 carries in the season, only 15 in week one, 17 in week two, 16 in week three. I think you do have to force the issue more and, like, almost – like a pitch count, make sure he touches the football a certain amount of times.
0: But here's my thing, and I'll ask you this, Roger. I mean, at some point, right, don't you feel like that – for him it's not a lot. But for most running backs, getting 15, right. s- 17, <laughs> 16 touches is a happy. amount. Like, you tell me, like when yeah. you're a shooter – I mean, how many times do you need to touch the basketball in order to kind of get into, a, get into a rhythm and get into a flow?
3: It depends, but when you're used to getting a certain amount of touches, like you expect those touches, right? <laughs> like, so you think you have so the you time. 20, 30 well, Yeah, because like if I miss my first four or five, like I know I got 24, 25 more shots coming, I can work my way into a rhythm, you know? So I, would, I mean, I don't know the running back position, but if I'm used to getting 30 carries a game, it might take me to 14 to really get my, my, my juices cooking, right? Really start rolling downhill. Like you talk about these backs that, you know they get stronger as the game goes on. Yeah. Zeke always struck me as that type of dude, right, so if you 're capping him at fourteen fifteen, he might just be hitting his wheelhouse in terms of what he wants to do that day.
0: Does he get stronger does everyone else just get weaker? Like, I, we had Jamal Lewis, and there was a stat when I was with him in Cleveland, and it was like every game he carried the ball 22 times or more, we won the game. And I was like, well, first off, like, do that staff ready running back. If you
2: right. more, you're going to win the game. <laughs> right. But at the end of the game, you get a lot of carries in the four-minute drill. You're running out the clock.
0: He late. would bowl people over and stiff-arm people into huge biceps, and just, like, just shove people into oblivion. And I was like, all right, like, after a while, that probably gets defeating.
2: Right. Uh, so I think it, I think it's, it's not panic time, obviously. Three games in the season, not time to panic. But at one and two, playing in a division where the Eagles are defending champs, you know, you got the Giants, they're struggling at one and two as well. You've got to start playing better or else there will be changes made. Maybe it is Scott Lenahan. Uh, team that's not struggling, they did on Monday night, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dirk Cutter said he needs to talk to Jameis Winston, starting to hear some of the players, expecting that Jameis uh is unlikely that he's going to start. I'm like, duh, of course he's not going to start. They're playing good. I mean you've seen the first quarterback in the history of the game to throw for four hundred yards in his first three games. The offense is performing well. I think it's I think it's the most obvious decision in the league. Like I think it's obvious. I think the question becomes how long is the leash on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. Much like with Zach
0: Prescott, you know, you've got to make a decision on Jameis Winston. And maybe this is a team because their head coach is in hot water, maybe they're saying to themselves we, we've gotta, we've gotta let this play out and see how Ryan Fitzpatrick plays the next couple weeks. But if things don't work out well the next couple, maybe all of a sudden we turn it back over to Jameis Winston because we do have to make a decision on him long term before we get caught in the predicament of do we franchise tag him? If we do, now we get stuck with the negotiation of paying him more than maybe we feel like he's worth because we agreed to pay this one year average annual salary that's up there amongst the top in the league even though Jameis Winston's production's not quite there.
3: Um, yeah, this is one of those situations where you do what's best for your team, you do what's best for your job, and in the short term, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah. You have the conversation with, look, Jameis, twofold, you put yourself in this position, right? You're the one that went out, you got suspended, so hopefully you can learn from your mistake. We're not going to drop you right back in there, but stay ready, be a good pro. There's some equity to be earned, equity to be earned there if you do that, right? Yep. you stand-up guy for your team, and I think... There's enough of a sample size with Ryan Fitzpatrick to your point to know that at some point it's probably coming back to Jameis. Right. It's your job to be ready, have the team's best interest at heart, and and be a good pro about it.
2: I think it'll play itself out. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has had a history of concussions. There might be an op- you opportunity know, like if he gets hurt. You have Jameis Winston in there. But I think what's interesting is what if Monday night's game, the exact first half, unfolds in a couple weeks? You're probably getting benched, don't you think? If you have three first-half interceptions, your team is struggling, you were down. You know, what were they down, 13? Oh, they went down 20, right, before yeah, half? Yeah. If you go down that much, don't you think that's the time? Because I think the Bucks will be looking for an opportunity to get Jameis in there. But you have to remember, Dirk Cutter's trying to coach for his job. Like, he wants to win. So he truly is going to probably try to do what's best for the team as far as winning goes. But I think Jameis is a good quarterback. And I think he is a better option than Ryan Fitzpatrick for this year and the long term. That's why I think the Bucks are going to try to look for that opportunity to get him in there. This is a
0: delicate situation. Because I feel like if if Dirk Cutter intervenes and ends up not working out, like he puts Jameson before he's ready or before Ryan Fitzpatrick has a string of bad games, then the crowd hates you. Everyone's upset that you made this switch. And then on top of it, you know, you look at Jameis Winston, if you do put him in, in the second half, you know how it is. Yeah. When you come in and you're the backup, you're not prepared. I mean, some guys actually thrive in that moment, most don't. Most need the reps, most need the preparation. So if that scenario did play out and Jameis Winston goes does go into the second half, it doesn't play any better, right, th- then you've got a real situation going into the next the game. And and now you're looking at Dirk Cutter saying, All right, you know, maybe this guy's not even making it through the season, where if, if you let Ryan Fitzpatrick play out the rest of the game, Give Jameis Winston a full week of preparation. Maybe he performs better.
2: I, I think the, I think the one place where it won't be an issue is in the locker room. Cause I think the guys like both quarterbacks. I think they like Jameis. Yeah. I think they, obviously they, when they're doing the beard, you know, uh, high five or whatever they're even calling it. Uh, but I was really- Eskimo kiss? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> Eskimo kiss. You are right. Uh, I was shocked. I, I guess nationally we hear about Fitzmagic. It's fun. But when you saw the open to Monday Night Football, yeah. they're all, the fans are all wearing beards. Like Tampa, has been invigorated by the winning, but also by Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's going to make it tough on Dirk, too. The other thing we saw in that game Monday night was the roughing the passer calls. Four in the first half. It was ridiculous. You had Ben out there flopping. He gets a little <laughs> tiny you know, touch to the head, and he goes down in a heap, which was kind of ridiculous. It's been an issue that you've seen more players come out. J.J. Watt comes out and slams it during the game. Richard Sherman says, look at the guy from Miami. He gets hurt. No one cares. As long as he's a quarterback, I guess it's okay. I think finally... I think we're getting closer to the NFL saying, uh-oh, we have a problem on our hands. The competition committee uh, was uh, reported that they were uncomfortable with it so far. They're scheduled to speak on a conference call next week about the proliferation proliferation of roughing the passer penalties. Um, 34 so far this year, 16 at this time last year, 20 the year before, so they're clearly up. I think it is a problem. I haven't heard anyone say, hey, this is great. This is great. I haven't heard one person say, this is good for the NFL But here's the thing. I don't think the NFL will come out and admit it. I don't think they'll come out and change the rule. I think the most likely scenario is that they tell the officials just quietly on a conference call with just the officials, hey, stop calling it so much and use some common sense, which I think would be good.
3: Yeah, the NBA did something like this a few years ago. It wasn't – but it was with the ball, right? It wasn't with injury-related like plays. It was with the ball. And they didn't come out and like say that they made a mistake. We had been yelling that they made a mistake from the beginning. Like the ball, they changed it. It was a synthetic material – Guys couldn't shoot it, they couldn't handle it, it was tearing your fingers up. Um and behind the scenes, like we were like railing against the NBA to get this this old ball uh back. And they eventually did it and they kinda slid it in, just the way you're talking about. It was All around right. the all-star break. They didn't make a big announcement like they had when they changed the ball. They just said, Here guys, take your old balls back and you went out there and you played it. But um you know what they're gonna say, I said it yesterday. What they're gonna really need is for some of these quarterbacks. Well, is to come yeah. out and do what they're started to do be like look this is a little unfair and i do think they want to be protected they understand they're in a vulnerable position but at the end of the day they're brethren right and they got they get the guys have a job to do too and i don't think any of them want to see these guys have food taken off of their table or, or games hanging the balance over a call that's uh as bad as that one is you know
0: I think the, the two things I would bring to light is this. Very similar to what you're talking about, making that subtle change. If you remember the Super Bowl, when we were trying to change the catch rule, yep. they just kind of slid in the changes that they were going to make in 20, uh, 2018 during the Super Bowl, really, and, and they really didn't say anything. It was just like all of a sudden when, the, when those catches went to review, we knew the outcome of them because we knew the proposed changes coming up and how the officials wanted to handle them. But in regards to the rule, what bothers me the most about it besides the fact um, that I think we have seen a couple quarterbacks come out and make some comments. Aaron Rodgers, in particular, saying it's really the only time as a quarterback you have to show your toughness, and I and I do believe that's true, and I do believe it's important to the game. Um, and we've had Marvin Lewis come out and say, "Look, you've got to have the NFL be tougher to play in, and those guys have to endure with different rules more so than college and high school. I mean, those those guys take hits all the time, yeah. and you're not seeing them throw, throw penalties for it. But I, I just think it's impossible." to do what they're asking defensive (laughs) players to do. So if you're the NFL and you don't have a solution for them, like if you don't have a teach tape as far as what's the proper way to do it, what's the wrong way to do it, I have a hard time believing that anyone's going to feel... You know it, it, that the situation is going to be copacetic at any at any point in time. Right. So if you don't have a solution for these players, that's the first issue. The inconsistency of how they're calling it's the second issue, and the third thing is I personally just feel like it's physically impossible. Totally. Like look at the laws of physics. Yep. <laughs> if you have a bigger player who has got to get to a spot in less than three seconds, and he's got a three hundred pound guy in front of him trying to stop him. How is he supposed to be concerned with how he then stops? And decides to hit and fall
3: on a player. It's literally impossible. The the NBA used to do that when they'd come around with the proposed rule changes. And they'd have a teach date right? And my argument to them would always be like, you've taken a bunch of clips that are flukes. Like those aren't the rule. Those are exceptions to the rule. What he was able to do in that play is not something that you can ask me to do, like make a decision and and execute. That's something that just happens organically because I was in a fluke spot. That's essentially kind of what you're saying, right? Like you're going to show me tackles where guys are able to bear, you know, like what do they call it? Rugby tackle a guy and get him to the ground. Like that just happened organically. Like if that guy's got to beat on the quarterback that's not usually what takes place and that's what I always hated about the NBA don't show me a bunch of fluke plays show me something that that you think that I can execute if I set my mind to do it and that's not usually what they do
2: William Hayes was trying to do that defensive lineman for the Dolphins was trying not to land with his weight landed awkwardly tore his ACL because of it I think an unintended consequence of this too could be Khalil Mack has talked about hey I'm not going for the guy I'm going for the ball if you see defenders start going for the arm what would you rather be hitting the head or the arm I'll take the helmet, I'll take the hits in the helmet every time over something that could mess my rotator cuff, my elbow, anything. If they start going for your arm, then they're going to have to have a rule that says don't go for the guy's arm. And then it's like, you might as well just put him in a red jersey (laughs) or something. And and I talked to Dean Blandino
0: the other day, uh, former senior VP of officiating for the NFL. You know what his comment was? Well, they'd rather have neither. The NFL would hope you just throw the football away, so all of a sudden this isn't an issue anymore. Right, right. And, and, and that's what his comment was. And I, I always said their list of them thinking, you can't all of a sudden start, uh, determining how a quarterback plays the game based on rules. Like,
2: right. that's just, that just can't be part of the conversation. No, it can't at all. Alright, let's wrap it up. We gotta come back. We gotta do Bell Bottoms. My yes. favorite list of the week. Rajas <laughs> Bell's five worst teams in the NFL coming up next and off the bench. All right, Brady Quinn joining us on Off the Bench today. One of his best contributions early in this show's history is he said, why are we calling it the Terrible Ten? Makes no sense, right? (laughs) It really didn't. Like co-car producer, sorry, man, but it just didn't make any sense. So we're just going to go with top ten. There you go. That makes life easy to understand. So let's throw my list, top ten, and we'll let you guys crush it. I weighed heavily on Las Vegas odds for my – Uh, top 10 here, but I think- I noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) But what? So like the Saints, obviously, they made a huge, they were not ranked for me last week because they had the opening, uh, loss against the Bucks. That one really weighed on me. Then they go to Atlanta, get the big win in their division, which I think is the toughest division in all of football. Vikings, that to me was one of those fluke losses that I kind of give them a pass, especially when you hear what happened to Everson Griffin. Like that to me was one of those really weird circumstances where Monday we came in here and it was like inexplicable how they could lose to the Bills can you hear about a player like losing his mind literally and have you know threatening people across the hotel getting arrested i'm like that team must have been like shell-shocked like yeah. what just happened there for that one um and then some other teams do you have any big beef with any of those
0: yeah all right let's hear it what, more, more than the vikings for this reason okay and i feel like i'm trying to figure out the best analogy to apply right. here well they were my preseason pick to win the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might be why i don't <laughs> want to drop them that much it's So I've I've got a couple dogs, right? (laughs) I've got a dog. So it's almost like when a dog like bites you, all right. You're thinking in the back of your head like, "This is my dog. I love my dog," but now I know like it's in them. Like now, and now I worry about like my kids. Now I worry about it biting someone else. That was what happened for me last weekend (laughs) with the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. Like now, you know that performance. Yeah, I'm like that's in them. I know that's in them, and I know that like may come back to bite me at some point. (laughs) So, like, I'm concerned moving forward that
3: dog bite. He's got to go, bro. Exactly, right? Like, if the
0: dog bites, you got to go. So, I have no confidence in them moving forward because I now I know that this is in them at some point, and I'll make the same case about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, as good as they are. How could you lose to a Tennessee Titans team that didn't even start Marcus Mariota right. and banged up and then he comes in and all of a sudden, like, you can't score enough points to beat the Titans? <laughs> I just I, – I looked at both teams and I thought, no, those aren't Super Bowl winning teams. Like, as bad as New England looks – Well, I don't have one or two, so I still haven't dropped right, out of it. i top ten, but like, as bad as New England looks and they set a number ten year list, I just say – Yeah, but they did this last year and they still made it to the Super Bowl and they don't have Edelman and Gordon will eventually be able to come in and play and impact this team and, you know, they'll figure it out on defense because you just, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Those other teams like the Vikings, the Jaguars, I just, I can't give them the benefit of the doubt because we haven't seen them do it before.
3: <laughs> Dolphins, why are they so low? Why are they- Why are they
0: so low? Oh, no! Whoa, no, so low.
3: no, I mean, oh, no. you're, you're I talking about- Seventh. But you're talking about through the- through what we've seen so far, right? They're a 3-0 team. Like, I didn't buy the Dolphins either. They were in my bottom half, like bottom 10 coming into the season, but so far what you've seen from them, why do- why do They've they been good.
2: A... Here's who they've beaten. The Titans, who we talked about, have not been very good this yeah. year. And they go on the road to the Jets, facing a rookie quarterback in his first home start. And then the Raiders this week, who are playing on the road after a brutal start. The Raiders are back to back road games. Yeah, back to back
3: road runs. So, the, so I like. Like, I think there is something. But you got the Steelers in front of them. The Steelers, the Steelers tied with the football. Browns. They're a better. They, but they haven't shown it. So this is, this is Benefits my problem with your list. This told is my problem. This is always my problem with the list, though, dude. Like, you changed the rules on me because, like, with the college football is about—what you've done so far, right? It's a very yes. fluid list. The Dolphins are three and zero right. Now you got them in there with a team. That I didn't have they're them below at one all. one and one. I didn't
2: have them ranked at all last week. So they vaulted up my list from about twenty all the way to seven. That's why they're in Like there. a lot of the Vikings are in for a huge road test against yeah. the Rams. We'll find out a lot more about them. The Dolphins, we'll find mm-hmm. out a lot more about them, and the Patriots as they go up to Foxborough. Sure. The Patriots, I'm with you, but it feels a little bit different. Like I'm not one of these people. Like I've always defended the Patriots and said, hey, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. To me, it feels the the back to back fact that they went to Jacksonville looked pretty bad. Then they go to Detroit; they look looked pretty old. bad. They, look old. they looked old. They got pushed around. Back to back road games. Yeah, yeah. Back to back road games is something. So now they go back to Foxborough, only dressing three receivers. Get Julian on the back. What can they do with Josh Gordon? It just feels a little different to me. But last year they were two and two and still made it to the Super Bowl. So if they win this game, it definitely changes. You have the Chiefs at number two. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying All the in. offense. It's not sustainable. That
0: defense is. Bad though. Like I don't think they can stay at number two if they continually giving give up that
2: many points. Were they and, in the were they in the Earl Thomas rumors about trading for Earl Thomas? Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't
0: make sense to me because you've got Eric Berry coming back. But like, then like who, why do you need that if you put both of them back there, put them both out there to get as many as you can, because I can stand Since yeah. he's been back, he's been alright.
2: Um, Chiefs favorite in the AFC, Rams favorite in the NFC, Patriots are still 4-1 to one favorites to win the AFC. So they're still like, there's, there are believers, uh, in them out there. Alright, let's have some fun and look at Raj. Does. Clean the
3: Dolphins up, bro.
2: The Bell Bottoms. Um,
3: like alright, let's, I'm starting with the Cowboys. You just talked about Dak's regression and yep. what you got going on with Ezekiel and them there. Uh, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo being out, they, they weren't, that great before that, but I think that.
2: Yeah, that's going to devastate that team.
3: Um, the Cardinals, I mean, everybody knew that was going to be an interesting thing this year and Josh Rosen was going to get it, uh, eventually. And then I got the Raiders with that dumpster fire. Um, I'm going to give you some, <laughs> no, seriously. Let me give you some stats real quick about the Raiders. Um, versus, looking for a pass rusher versus Khalil Mack, right? So these yep. are the, these are the Raiders stats as a team. Three sacks, one forced fumble, zero fumble recoveries, one interception and zero touchdowns. That's the Raiders. As As a franchise defensively, right? This is Khalil Mack. He's got four sacks, three force fumbles, one fumble recovery, one interception, and one touchdown. Personally. Right? So, for that, Jeez. yes, we're gonna go with the, the Oakland Raiders. I'm okay two. with you having the Raiders at the bottom. You don't like them down there? I just want to make my John Gruden face. I just want to, make my <laughs>
0: my <laughs> Chucky face? It's it's you're just like John Gruden. A lot, lot more of He's <laughs> just looking at Raj like this, like, like mm, <laughs> yeah. think
3: about my team. Um and then the last one would be the Houston Texans. And I don't know why other than they're like bottom half of the league defensively and offensively. And I had high hopes for Deshaun Watson this year, like I, I don't obviously break down film and stuff like that, but
2: he might Is the playing, book out? He might. No, he might be playing behind the worst offensive line in the entire NFL. And I and do think Giants are an adjustment. Close. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they just played and got beat by. But I do think because I've heard some people saying, "Oh, what's going on with Deshaun Watson?" Mm-hmm. I the quarterback position it is reliant reliant on everybody around you, and I think you're seeing that unfold. And especially with the young quarterback, yeah, he's gonna have to adjust. I think he was, and that was another one with me last year. You know, a lot of people saying, oh, Deshaun Watts could be an MVP type candidate this season. I'm like, slow down a little bit. Let's just see how he does. Yeah. Defenses get a full, you know, a year of tape on you or 10 or whatever many games he played last year. They will adjust to you. And with mobile quarterbacks, I would put Carson Wentz because I looked at Carson Wentz this year. All right, what are you going to do this year? I want to see how he responds this year. You have to learn how to play the position and protect yourself and play from the pocket. And until you do that, I'm not a buyer.
0: Right. Your other point was, you know, they're not covering as well. They're, I mean, they're giving up a lot of points. You go back to last year and look at their offensive production, like that wasn't sustainable. Much like we're talking about with the Chiefs, right? eventually you're going to be in a knockdown, drag out fight where you've got to be a good decision maker and you've got to be able to win a game 2017, 17, 10. That's the life in the NFL. And I don't necessarily know that that's been the case this year for them. Uh, their pass rush has been okay. JJ Watt looked great versus that. Vonta New York Giants uh, offensive line just abusing Chad Wheeler, <laughs> right? Um, But still, I mean, this is a team that I think needs a lot of work, and <clears throat> you know, you got to wonder if Bill O'Brien's in the hot seat or
2: he's toast. There was I don't know if we did we did I do with you the list of coaches? Yeah, who are on the hot like he is the favorite in the clubhouse to get fired first over Hugh Jackson who has new life now. The Baker Mayfield's coming. They got their first win. I think he's in trouble. I do. I mean, he's had a long time. He's supposed to be this quarterback guru. He's supposed to be able to develop Sean Watson. And then they put him back there with this offensive line. Like I put that some on the office, obviously the general manager and the front office, but this is not a very good football team right now.
0: It it always makes it worse too when you have a guy like Mike Vrabel who's left and he's gone somewhere else and he's two and one when he really hasn't had his starter and is doing more with less in your own division. Um, one team that you didn't have on there though, Cleveland Browns. All right, baby.
3: That's right. I'm I'm buying the Browns. I am
2: too. I'm I'm all in too. You know how you know know when you're bad, like the 49ers? Did you see they worked out? Matt Morse, like, not even returning their call. Mm -hmm. They have quarterbacks on the street who are like, nah, I'm good." good. Like, you don't even want to go out there and play? That's when you know you're bad. So it'll be interesting to see how ugly it gets for the 49ers. I hate seeing it. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, like both of them, what they were doing, the direction they're headed. But, as we're seeing teams try to protect quarterbacks, it's for that reason. If you lose them, you are toast. Well, why don't they go trade for someone? Go get Tyrod Taylor. Go get... I, Even they, go after Teddy Bridgewater. Like, call the Saints. Say you guys just got something. We'll it's tough that for, that for the better. Saints
0: to give that up, considering how right. old Drew Brees is. Like, <laughs> oh, right. Right? I mean, he's, like that's a viable like he's, option. He's playing like he's twenty nine, not thirty nine. Yeah. I just Tyra uh, Taylor makes more sense because you got sure. Drew standing behind him, so you've got your your backup plan.
2: Yeah, good point. I would definitely be calling to make a move, but it's like they're and I would not surprise me if they do that. All right, college football. I think we have a uh, quarterback dilemma on our hands, and somebody who might be hitting the free agent market. Yes, college football, not NFL a quarterback who might be on the market. That's coming up next on Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Uh Raja, I'm going to see if you're paying attention. Yeah. When I'm talking. Okay. Sometimes, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes, I, it depends. It really champion, does depend. It does.
3: Yeah. My national champion. Yeah, it's contingent. Thick, was the 20th. asterisk. Yeah. Was. Dependent. If, if up, they had upon the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback
2: was. Yeah. So, Dabo Sweeney, which I think took a lot of, guts, we'll say, which he likes to talk about. That was always how we play with guts. It was a gutsy decision for him to go from Kelly Bryant and name Trevor Lawrence the starter. If you look at the statistics, they're kind of the same completion percentage, but their touchdown-interception ratio is totally different. The the offense looks better with Trevor Lawrence. He's made the switch. He's And I thought this was really interesting that he did this. So he sat down with Kelly Bryant. He said, you know what? You go ahead and take the day off. This was Monday. So everybody's like, whoa, what a great coach. Like, What a great communicator. This is a nice thing to do. And the second day goes by, Tuesday, and Kelly Bryant was expected back at practice. Guess what? He doesn't go there. So now there's a lot of speculation at what happens. Your response, Brady? Uh Yeah, he's looking at a
0: school's right No, so you said he's gone. what <laughs> he, no, he gone. told me before. Yeah. You said he's gone. So you think
2: Kelly Bryant walks? You think he's out the door?
0: Yeah, you can't stay with the team and risk the potential that you don't get registered this year. Right? I mean, that's what this is about is he's going <laughs> to go somewhere else. Bro, well, <laughs> welcome,
3: Brady. I've never done a show with you, but this is what I'm screaming, right? Yeah. Go ahead. and Continue. I, no, so, continue so
0: he's going to graduate after this year. Yep. And then he'll have the opportunity to go play somewhere else. And that will be his last year, I believe, of eligibility. Yep, because he's senior. If – let me ask you this. Like, do you think Kelly Bryant's an NFL quarterback? You know, I don't want to make that determination – I'd, I'd rather let him have the chance to play we more. Saw a whole the, question, last year, no, the question, this is where
3: the question is whether Kelly Bryant thinks he's an NFL. Player.
2: Every you ask every quarterback across the but country, that, but, bottom, but, of them say, "Yeah, I think so." Okay, well, most of them, and are. they deserve the opportunity the Trinity, to, yep. to to go chase that. All right, here's where I here where I would push back a little bit. I would I, if every situation is different. Maybe Kelly Bryant doesn't like Clemson. Maybe he doesn't like playing there. Maybe, but if he yeah. likes Clemson and he likes his teammates and he likes Dabo Sweeney and he's a little bit bitter because he got benched. I would say, man, are you sure you want to do this? Cause there's a chance Trevor Lawrence maybe isn't as good as we think. That could happen. We haven't seen him start. It's a whole different ball game, you know, in a big game. Looks I think pretty good. He no, he looks great. <laughs> he looks great. What if he gets hurt? Like right. what if that's another opportunity? Like I just, I caution guys saying, you know what? Stay ready. You never know. And maybe he rides the bench and he doesn't get to play. If you're good enough to play in the NFL, chances are you'll get your opportunity. Like you only saw, uh, Mr. Bisky only played 13 games. No. He's already got more than that, more than that on film from Clemson. You can go work out now and impress coaches at the combine. You can get an opportunity to play in the NFL. That's my only pushback. And maybe it's the best thing for him. Maybe he goes off and he starts somewhere else and he wins a national championship in another school or, you know, or he starts and he's a prolific passer. I just would caution some of these guys to make rash decisions, but I probably would have done the same thing. I probably would have been like, see you guys later. Deuces, I'm out.
0: I I think your decision in the moment. As as a young human being, is probably going to be a lot different than what we see now in hindsight. Um Look, you look at a guy like Matt Castle. Didn't even start, right? Barely played. Yeah. He's still playing in the NFL. Yeah. Okay, so that Matt, can be done. Started, he, did he play at all at USC? Uh, I think very he played, very little. Like I'm talking,
2: yeah, he actually played like Cassidy. some running back at special. Teams yes, like, <laughs> he didn't, I don't think he started <laughs> a game. Like he hardly
3: played quarterback
2: yeah. at all. Like that's why. Different good, times
3: though. Those I, are different. There were different times, different set of rules. Like culturally, the kids were different. Like you, you raised them. Like we talk about coaching kids now. Like you were conditioned to be a team guy back then. Like you, yeah. you, you bought in. You did your job. Like there's way more, like mobility in terms of pro sports now. People yeah. are able to kind of dictate their own terms and do what they want to do. I think, you know, these kids see that. And
2: and here I we, loved, you I that loved, thing. I do because I, I think it's a questionable thing. I
3: love my two my two school experience, whether I loved Boston University or not. I also got the benefit where I got yeah. Were, <laughs> 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 but when I got to FIU, like. I met a whole new set of friends. I had a whole new world open up to me. You know what I mean? Like, I had even more connections. And so, like, I just don't think, yeah, I could sit there and be behind Trevor Lawrence, but I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be your insurance policy, bro. Like, real talk. I don't want to be that.
0: Two things we have to identify. One, the example that we're using, USC had a great track record of quarterbacks. So, like, Matt Castle sitting behind who right. at that point, right? Carson Palmer. All right, we get that. Like, right. that makes sense. Um, Matt Liner, Like, you can go on down the line of the quarterbacks. Those also were guys who were NFL quarterbacks. Clemson, not really known for sending guys to the NFL. Yes, Deshaun Watson, but he's kind of been the first guy in a long time. So a little bit different in that case. I also think that, you know, unless you really value the education and the chance that you don't actually get to play more and maybe you need those reps to have another opportunity, I think you go because if you're in the pros and this happened to you, what do you do? You walk in your head coach, you walk in the general manager and say, release me. Give me an opportunity to go somewhere else and prove that I can play quarterback in this league. No doubt. And and to something you point out, that's what it's about. It's about opportunity. And if he thinks that he can have the opportunity to showcase his talents and prove to people that he's NFL caliber quarterback, then more power to him.
2: I know this is going to sound like a hypocrite, but one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't quit the Broncos. Because I got benched right before – it was during training camp, right before the first preseason game. And I had a hunch they wanted to go younger and cheaper with Bradley Van Pelt from Colorado State, local kid. So during practice, I had one little mistake. It was like one of these read – like not the read option, but you know the sweep where you fake it one way and then you kind of flip it with the the option. I kind of – it was a bad pitch. And like they lost their minds. And then after practice, they benched me. I'm like, from that? I'm like, that's not even my – like I'm a thrower. I'm not a guy who's going to run that. So they benched me. I remember calling my wife. I'm like, I am done with the Broncos and she's like, you can't quit. Can't quit. Got to say it. So I stayed through preseason, didn't play a snap because they didn't want me to get hurt out there. Yeah. Cause then we had to pay me and I never got another opportunity. If I had said, release me, there was a chance. Maybe I would have gotten signed by another team, gotten an opportunity, maybe latched on and extended my career a couple more years. But you know, Kind of a different age, so maybe I sound hypocritical. Say don't quit on somebody or don't transfer. Maybe you should. Um, I do think you're a better quarterback than Bradley Van Pelt, but he
0: didn't have great hair. Right? <laughs> that, oh, have great no, hair! He rivals he yours. Yeah, up. he had the, he had like
2: the chiseled jaw, like he yeah. was a good-looking dude. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think, has an outside chance to win the Heisman. And of race, Tua Tonga is the favorite right now. As is Alabama to win the national championship. I think what could hurt Tua. Is the Heisman moment like he's going to put up good stats? But is there a memorable moment because they're up on teams fourteen nothing before you can blink, and a lot of people go start looking for other games to watch as opposed to just sitting and saying, "All right, let me see how good two is."
0: You know, I, I go back and think of Lamar Jackson's Heisman moment. You know what it was when he like hurtled that guy versus Syracuse, Syracuse, yeah. But they blew him out that game; it wasn't <laughs> close. So, so I don't know that you have to. We well, so also much... memory towards Florida State, put up like right, and, and that's part of it. So I don't know that you have to necessarily worry about blowing teams out. You just have to have a play where everyone goes, wow, that's the moment. Like, that's the Desmond Howard, strike a pose, go ahead and do the Heisman. And I think that is what you, you need nowadays in
2: college football to grab everyone's attention. All right, let's get to Hannah. She's got to get us caught up on everything that's socially relevant. What's up, Hannah?
1: Hey guys, I'm starting with Phil Mickelson now because he took the podium on Tuesday ahead of this week's Ryder Cup and he said he'd welcome being partnered with Tiger Woods but he clearly has his mind set on playing against his longtime rival in November. So let me run through this really quick. After last weekend, he said he's suddenly not feeling so hot about his chances. We know that Tiger won the Tour Championship which was, by the way, a tournament where Mickelson happened to finish dead last out of 30 players. And after playing alongside Woods in a practice round, Mickelson tweeted out, asking for a handicap when they face off in their ppv match he's like quote i just played tiger today and it's the best i've ever seen him swing the club it's so on plane and solid i'll be asking for a shot aside our thanksgiving match i doubt i'll get it though so raj i have to ask the burning question how are you feeling about jupiter's finest right now
3: (laughs) jupiter's finest was in (laughs) form um i do think that that kind of like it kind of I don't want to see the match as bad as I did before. Really? I'd be because Tiger is in form right now. I want to see them like to the point that you had when it first was announced. I wanted to see them a few years ago when they hated each other and not just because they hated each other, but because maybe both of them were at a at a higher level of golf because Phil's not trending in the right direction right now and Tiger's on the upswing so I just don't think that the match is going to be as dope as people think it is.
2: Do you not think this is like low-key trash talk or like shade? Oh it totally is but like, it's like oh, he's like Phil on Twitter is the best thing since social media like he's hilarious he's out there doing dances like he's like it's weird like but he's hilarious it totally is but he is legendarily one of the biggest smack talkers on tour like they, they'll yeah. tell you all the players but he's also one of the most hated guys Who I think is interesting because the fans love him, but the players low key kind of don't like him, which is interesting because he is out there talking smack. And and I think it's interesting he's already kind of putting out like,
0: uh, you know, Tiger's playing really well right now. You know, I don't really have a shot in this. I need a shot aside. He's already kind of you know throwing out the X, sandbagging him. Yeah, and and that's and that's what you want, right? Like we all love people who like undersell and overdeliver. Like that's what Phil Mickelson's doing right now.
2: Story of my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You guys know I'm all on board for Phil Phil Mickelson right now too. I'm sorry to say. Raja, we're going to
3: be
1: back so we know NBA Media Day was on Monday And yesterday was the start of training camp So we've seen a ton of guys in some new threads Everyone loved to see LeBron in his new jersey A lot of hype around D-Wade in his last one But Tony Parker, not so much When the first photos of Tony Parker Sporting his Charlotte Hornets uniform Hit the internet, people were not warming up To this very nicely So I have to ask you guys, after 17 years In silver and black with the Spurs How weird is it seeing him in teal?
3: The, the teal socks are the only weird thing for me. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just put on white socks? Like, that's, that's a terrible. Look. <laughs> those I, unis <laughs> are kind of trash. It's just bad, you man. Like those unis in general? I don't mind the unis, but the teal socks, you're doing too much. It is really weird. I mean, that's, you know, you associate. He could have just walked away. Like, Tony was at a point where he could have. like, he Why just did kind of, he choose to go I don't play? know. I think Nicolas Batum, like, there's a French connection there. They probably played together on the national team. Like, I don't know. I would love to ask Tony that question because he could have, he should have, in my opinion, just said it's been real. He'd be
0: a coach, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, been it's been real. He wants.
1: All right, looking wow. back at yesterday's first day of NBA training camp, the Cavaliers released these little player profiles to help fans get to know these stars a little bit better. So they posted some up of Channing Fry, Colin Sexton, but the one that looked a little bit interesting was J.R. Smith. So check this out. He has his own player profile, and in this little box, you can see it. It says, the state country I am from, and he wrote NJ, and then attempted to draw the state of New Jersey. I will say they had a lot of these guys have to draw their own states. They did a pretty good job, but Smith was definitely struggling. So what are the chances that all of your kids collectively can draw a better state than this guy?
2: 100. 100%. <laughs> my daughters could easily, they could either do Connecticut because it's really just a rectangle or they could do Florida because it's so obvious, but they would
3: absolutely do a better job than Jerry. Like are. a peanut.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I was going to say something else. Oh, but swish. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh,
3: it looked like my kids like first grade, <laughs> like, hi, I'm Ty Bell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, right. That uh, was brutal. I do like
2: them showing a little personality though. Yeah. I like that idea, having the hand drawn thing for
1: sure. It's just embarrassing. We just call them out left and right. But that's all for socially relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canal and Bell. Coming up after the break, the boys continue with some NBA talk. Stay with us. You're watching Off the Bench.
2: All right, a lot of NBA to get to because NBA media day has been the last couple of days. We've seen all the uniforms. Tony Parker looks awkward in his. The Celtics look pretty good. Yeah. Awful socks. Awful. socks. But the off-colored socks are very in right now, and the higher socks. I don't know if you guys knew that. My kids keep me in the loop. Yeah,
3: my kids rock the high socks. I'm yeah. with the high socks. But I'm with just, the high socks, too. Yeah. Yeah, real, what do you mean the high top. socks? Like, like all the way up to the knee? No, nah, nah, well, well, mid-calf, like, mid-calf, mid-calf. mid-calf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, no, under the calf. It would right. be under the calf, it would be mid lower leg. sock. Like a two, two, sock, yeah. two sock, but not ankle.
2: Like it used to be, like you didn't show any sock. Yeah, yeah. now let's yeah. you show some socks. Minimal scrunch. Yeah, like yeah.
3: just Hold below up. the calf. It's the look. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: I like it. It looks kind of fresh. Skateboarder. Look. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, <laughs> yes. that's, that's right. in.
2: I got my van. You got your vans on today. No doubt. Uh, all right, Celtics. Let's get some serious stuff. <laughs> just confirming. <laughs> so this Friday. We'll finally see the full Celtics team that mm-hmm. you know, we were excited about getting. Gordon Hayward's back healthy. Kyrie Irving's back healthy. You're going to see him combined with that young, talented group that we saw that everybody loves in the Eastern Conference. Your expectations?
3: That it's going to be pretty fun to watch that team. That is a nasty five right there. Um, very easily um, the second best five in the NBA in terms of being able to play the way the NBA wants to play right now, which is small ball. Uh, versatility, switch everything. Everybody on that in that picture right there can play make. Uh, you reintroduce Gordon Hayward, who on his own is a really really good player. But I thought the best part about Gordon Hayward was the fact that you could kind of drop him into any situation. He's got a wide range of skills, so he doesn't always have to have the ball, right? He can play off the ball. He can facilitate out of pick and roll. Like he's one of those guys that you want to have because he can fit any scenario that you dream up. Uh, I just think the sky's the limit for that Boston team. I don't know better than Houston. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think you know, I think you know agrees with I,
2: th- who? Vegas. They're the second favorite to win. It. They're six to one odds. Um, the Celtics, are – the Warriors are obviously the favorite. Five to nine well, odds. Celtics five to one, uh, six to one. Rockets are ten to one. They don't have to worry about anyone in the East, right? Right. I mean, Toronto maybe is the only other team. Yeah, to- our Toronto. Sixers, our boy Debo makes sure we get the Sixers in the Sixers. Sorry, too so much they, tinkering.
3: The Sixers right. messed up when they didn't lock up all that shooting. Like you have when you came out as the Sixers last year and you did what you did. You had to try to lock all of that down. It wasn't time to kind of reshuffle the deck. You know what I mean? You wanted to keep as many pieces as you could, and because they didn't, like now you're starting from scratch again, essentially, except for the the, the two, three main cogs in your wheel. So yeah, to your point, like in the East, they sh- they should, in theory, skate through the East. Um But there, look, that's just danger. Everybody in that, when you play basketball, like usually when you go play pickup in a gym, and I get this is the NBA, but even in the NBA, like when I played, you didn't really have to worry about me going off the bounce. Like I, I spot. You know, I was a spot shooter. I was a 3 and D guy, right? Like, you could game plan and know that, alright, just don't let Raj shoot or just don't let, on that lineup, in that lineup, all of those guys can do everything. It's a problem. Do yeah. you have any me? concerns with them? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's only health? one ball. What about Gordon Hayward? Like, how, where is- And Kyrie. Kyrie's yeah. rarely ever healthy. So those are concerns, right? And there's always, like, champ in the NBA, you always wind up getting lucky and avoiding an injury, probably like any major sport. But the, the one situation is there's only one, one ball in, in, boston and in the first year you subtracted one of the guys who kind of needs the ball a little bit so it was easier for everything to kind of fit together that could be interesting a lot of young guys guys who probably want to get paid coming down the line at some point that could be a distraction but i think brad stevens is so good man in his culture the way he establishes it and the way he he's got a rapport with his players i think it kind of takes care of some of that for
2: all right so houston the team that's the third favorite according to vegas and you uh Carmelo Anthony, he gets out of the team. You and I have talked a lot about on here how would he fit in this new role. Is yeah. he okay coming off the bench? It appears to be he's a little bit more open to it. His quote at Media Day was at the end of the day, we're all going to camp to figure out what works in order for this team to try to win a championship. If that time comes, we'll have that conversation. My goal is to go into training camp, be the best player I can be, get in the shape I can be and do what I have to do to help this team get over the hump, win a championship. That's all it is. Sounds great. It's easy to talk at media days as opposed to when you're not getting in the game and you're not
3: starting. Yeah, uh, you would think. Except it wasn't easy for him to say that last media day. Like, you know what I mean? Last media day, he was like, "No, I'm not coming off the bench." Like he was <laughs> yeah. laughing. So, I like the fact that uh, clearly somebody said, "Listen, Melo, go out there, say what you need to say, put this to bed. The proof will be in the pudding." But I like that he did this because it's one less distraction for the Houston Rockets going forward. Um And I do think Melo's been humbled a little bit by the situation last year, the drop off in production. I mean, it takes a while for a player. Like you've been conditioned to think you're know, like you're the best. Since you were this big, it's the only way that you make it to where you are. And so it just takes a player longer than it takes everyone else to realize that the skill set isn't the same as it used to be. So I think, I think there's a little bit of humbling there, but make no mistakes. Like he wants to play and he wants to be a big part of what they do in Houston. I actually think, and I've said it before, he adds value offensively. I just worry that. Defensively, there's nothing. No, yeah. yeah, he it's didn't play defense to begin old. with, really. So it'll be interesting
2: to see a thousand fifty-four games in his career. He started every single one. What happens with that new transition? But look, it's life. You have to learn how to adjust, how to adapt, how to accept
3: new roles. Mike D'Antoni is as good as anyone, and I just lauded like Brad Stevens' ability to kind of, you know, manage situations like that. Mike D'Antoni was the best player I've ever played for in terms of getting a guy to buy into a role and making sure that things were player friendly. So if he knew that. That you were a guy who would kind of have beef with me praising Brady, like he'd go to Brady and be like, Brady, look, like I I want to throw some praise at you this morning, but I got worried about Danny. Kind of like, oh, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm doing it here behind closed doors. I won't do it in front of the team. Like he's fantastic at that, so he'll manage that situation with Carmelo better than anybody else could.
2: All right, story out of the NFL that caught a little bit of uh, waves yesterday. Jamal Adams, safety for the New York Jets, he came out and said we weren't prepared for Baker Mayfield. I don't think that's that big a deal. Like he wasn't the starter. What are they supposed yeah. to like? Are you supposed to be ready for the backup? I think. You know, Todd Bowles and the defensive coach taking some heat for that. I don't think it's a big deal at all. Like, teams don't watch, you watch the film of the team. You don't necessarily watch and go, hey, well, let me go watch the preseason when Baker Mayfield. Well, you watch what the team did the first two weeks. Yeah, no one's watching any backups. Look at like oh. basketball, football, anything else. you watch. There's preseason
0: tape to see. Like, the only his thing like are. that
2: would be different is if you were watching the Ravens and you said we weren't ready for Lamar Jackson because he's been on the field yeah. in certain packages. Yeah, this one to me made no sense whatsoever.
3: Can, I'm proper to give him Kobe. Some credit too, by the way. Not, yeah, like, yeah. It's like came and played
2: well. <laughs> what? Uh?
3: What? My bad. I said I'm prepping, no, but to the point. I'm I'm prepping for Kobe, not Sasha Vujicic. Right, right. Like, right exactly. Kobe's right. assignment.
2: Right. Do you think Baker continues? I think no. he. I think he might have them. Uh, I don't say might. I think he has the most success out of, any of these rookie quarterbacks.
0: I don't. I don't know long term if I can make that case in this, this year. organization. But this year, I think he'll continue to build because he's so accurate. People can't appreciate that. His six incompletions. I charted all his throws and looked at it. Forward drops. Like three or four were drops. One was a throwaway. One should have been a pick.
2: That's it. Yeah, It was pretty ridiculous. No, he can light it up for sure. It'll be fun to see how he plays. Josh Rosen also getting a start. Uh, it'll be fun to watch all these rookies. Ups and downs throughout the year. That's what you're going to see. Rookies, Life of a rookie. They do. Yep.